0: I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Colossians, Colossians chapter two, Colossians chapter two, it's easy to find, it's right between Genesis and Revelation, and um, Colossians chapter two, verse one, and um, I want to begin to read, and it's it's a lengthy passage, and so Read with me in your Bible, read with me somewhere where you can mark off some stuff, and you see important things, highlight them, make sure that you, you mark it out. For I want you to know what a great conflict <clears throat> I have for you and those in Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love. And attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words, for though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness. Everybody say fullness. Everybody say completeness. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. Everybody say complete. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, you're the funniest looking person I've ever seen in my life, but you are complete in him. Who is the head of all principality and power. In him, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh he has made alive together with him everybody say together with him having forgiven you all of your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way having it nailed to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphant over them in it. Romans 8, 4, Romans 8, 4. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Today, I want to continue my series entitled Overcomer, Being an Overcomer. And if there's one thing that we can see in Romans chapter 8 is God has called every believer to be overcomers. That God wants us to be more than conquerors. And he talks about it in the concept or in the context of difficulties, in trials, in temptation, in valleys, in the fiery trials of our life. Paul says in all these things, even when we face death itself, we are more than conquerors. And I want to dedicate this sermon to a wonderful woman of God, Fran Levecchia who went on to be with the Lord this week. And let me tell you, Franny Franny was a godly woman who was more than a conqueror. I mean, everything she said was to glorify Jesus. And Franny went through a lot of stuff in her life. She had an MS in her life. But you never heard her complain You always heard her praising the Lord. You always made sure when you saw her, you always saw Jesus in her. She was more than a conqueror. And even on her deathbed, people were walking in and we were all amazed by the peace and and, and the godliness of this woman. Friend, I want to tell you, it's easy to say you're more than a conqueror when things are going well. But it's when you're in the fiery furnace of life. It's when you walk through the valleys of the shadow of death. It's when you face death itself and you're still praising the Lord and you still know that God's got a purpose for your life and you still know that you win in the end that's when you know that you're more than a conqueror come on somebody help me out today and say amen glory to God and it's in this context that Paul says we are more Than conquerors. We know that God is at work in every situation in our life. We know that God has given us the Holy Spirit so that we can face every situation in our life. We know that nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that's found in Christ Jesus our Lord. And for the past several weeks, we've been quoting what's called the Overcomers Creed. And so I want you to stand to your feet one more time and I want us to quote together, everybody together, everybody stand to your feet, and I want you to quote this with me. And I want you to memorize this because the Bible says there's power in a tongue to bring life and death. And I want you to say this. I want you to get up in the morning and I want you to say, this is who I am. This is who I am. No matter what the enemy says, no matter what anybody else says, this is who I am. I want you to repeat after me. I am no longer condemned. I am free from sin and death. I am complete in Christ. I have a new mind. I live in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm a a child of God Almighty. I'm an heir of God and a co-heir with Christ. I like this one. My present situation could never compare to my future glory. God is at work right now. Right now. In my present situation, I'm becoming more like Jesus every day. God is for me, and no one can stand against me. Jesus is my mediator and my chief intercessor, and nothing will ever be able to separate me from the love of God that's found in Christ Jesus. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering today. Say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody, praise the Lord with me. That's who I am, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody, say, that's who I am. Amen. You may be seated. And this morning, I I actually want to continue to look at Romans chapter 8. Verse 3, we looked at it a little bit last week, but I want to continue to dig a little deeper on this. It's so rich, so deep. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be made a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully, everybody say fully. Completely. 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 Perfectly. Perfectly. Met in us. Who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For what the law was powerless to do, God did by sending his son. Now the law could only tell us what to do but it cannot, it does not have the power to help us to do what is right. The law cannot set us free from sin. The law cannot set you free from drugs and alcohol. The law cannot set you free from pride and unbelief and anger and lust and selfishness and jealousy and from all kinds of dysfunctional sin. The law could never make us holy and righteous. The law is powerless when it comes to sin. The law is powerless over the enemy of your soul. The law is powerless over your own sinful nature, the flesh. And the law can never get you to heaven. Why? Because it's weakened. And in in the Greek, the word weakened means feeble, ineffective, frail and meager so our flesh is meager it's it's frail it's ineffective when it comes to loving God and serving God and doing what is right all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God but Jesus came and when he came he came in the flesh and he died on the cross to meet all the requirements of the law so that it would be met in us so that Completely, perfectly, the requirements of the law would be found in us through what Christ has done. And today I want to speak to you about being complete in Christ and what does it actually mean. Let's pray together. Father, I pray this morning that your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts, oh God. Lord, teach us to see what you see, teach us to believe what you've already said about us. And Lord, I pray for every person in this room, every person that's watching via livestream, every person in the overflow, every person who will see this, hear this sermon four times today, Lord, that you, oh God, would anoint it by the power of your Holy Spirit. I am nothing, Lord, without you, God. I'm weak, I'm feeble, God. But Lord, I can come in the power of your Spirit I believe that in the name of Jesus, I pray, and everyone said amen. Amen. Let me ask you a question. How do you really feel about yourself most of the time? How do you feel about who you are? How do you feel about what you've accomplished in your life? How do you think other people see you? What do you say about yourself? You see, we talk to ourselves more than anyone else talks to us. And so what do you say about yourself? See, the Bible says, as a man thinks, so he is. So what you think about yourself is going to determine how you live your life. If you think you're stupid, you're going to live stupid. If you think you're unworthy, you're not going to enter into the things that God wants you to have because you feel you're unworthy to have the things that God wants you to have. If you feel, feel like you're unqualified, you're not going to go. You're not going to ask. You're not going to go and, and see the things that God wants you to do in your life. As a man think it, so he is. And so what you think about yourself, how you feel about yourself, is going to determine how you live out your life. In fact, let me get a little bit more specific. When you look in the mirror every morning, what do you see when you look in the mirror? Do you see a person who's incomplete? Do you see a person who's unqualified? Do you see a person who, who doesn't have it together? Do you see a person with all these faults and hang-ups and and addictions in your life? What do you see when you look in the mirror? Because what you see when you look in the mirror is going to determine how you live your life. What you see when you look in the mirror is going to determine how you relate to God. What you see when you look in the mirror is going to determine how you relate to other people as a man seeth himself, as a man thinketh, so he is. So when you look in the mirror, what do you see? Do you see strength? Do you see that you've, you've been complete in Christ? Do you see what you've accomplished? Do you see yourself perfect? Or do you see yourself the opposite of all of that? Well, let's look at what Paul commands the people in Colossians. He says, so then just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive in your mind. See to it that you don't believe the strongholds, the lies of the enemy, as Paul the apostle said, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to pull it down, of strongholds casting every thought and imagination and everything that the devil says about you, casting it down, taking it captive, making it obedient to Christ and obedient to God's word. He said, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophies which depend, there. here it is, which are rooted in human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ all, everybody say all. All, all the fullness, everybody say fullness, Full. completeness, Full. Perfection, perfection of the deity lived in his body in bodily form and in Christ, you have been brought, listen what it says, to fullness. You've been brought to completeness. So let me, let me ask you again, what do you see when you look in the mirror? See, there are believers who see themselves as incomplete. And the reason why they see themselves that way is because they're very conscious of their lack and imperfections in their flesh. They say that they, they that they're imperfect and, and if I'm imperfect, how could it be that I could be complete in Christ? Because we are so used to looking at our weaknesses. The enemy reminds us of our weaknesses. Our neighbor, our friends, our our spouses, our children, whoever remind us of our weaknesses and we condemn ourselves because we feel inferior. But God sees something different in Christ. Come on, somebody say amen, glory to God. God sees something different in you when you are living in Christ. When you are found in Christ, God sees a completely different thing. Man looks at the flesh with all of its hangups, with all of its faults, with all of its imperfection. But God looks at you in the spirit and he sees completeness in Christ. Come on, somebody. I want you to repeat after me I am complete in Christ. I am complete in Christ. So, what does it mean to be complete in Christ? You see, you are not going to be complete in Christ someday. You're already complete complete in Christ. Let me say that again. You're not going to be complete in Christ someday. You're already complete in Christ. Now I know that, that we are becoming more like Christ every day. And I know that in the flesh, in the flesh, we're still struggling with stuff, but in the spirit realm and what Christ has done for us on the cross, he calls us complete so that when God sees us, he sees us in the perfection of Christ. In Jesus, you have everything that you need. You have complete forgiveness. You have complete righteousness. You have complete protection. And finally, your destination will be complete. So don't focus on the lack in your life, but focus instead on who you are in Christ. And in Christ, you are complete at this very moment. Look at what God has already done for you. And Romans chapter 8 says that the law was powerless to do that which it was weakened by the flesh. But God, he did by sending his son in the likeness of man. That's really important. So Jesus became just like us. He became just like a man under the law Yet over the power of the flesh and over the power of sin, Jesus then becomes a sin offering for us and Jesus fulfills all the requirements of the law. As the Bible says, he became a curse on the tree so that we could become the righteousness of God. Somebody help me out and say amen. So that all of the requirements that we were required to do were met in Christ and Christ alone. So what did he do? He became a sin offering. He was the Lamb of God. He became our offering. He offered himself to God to meet the requirements of sin. Now, when we sin, we need a perfect payment for that sin. We are not perfect. I come close, but we're not perfect. And therefore, we have nothing that we can give God to make up for our sin. But he became a sin offering. The Bible says he took upon himself the infirmities and sicknesses and and iniquities of us all in Isaiah 53. And he satisfied both the justice and the love of God. And then he imputed all of his righteousness onto ourselves and he defeated the devil. Paul the Apostle says to us that we are found in Christ. He says, so then, just as you have received Christ Jesus, continue to live in him. That's important. I mean, I want you to remember that. I want you to remind yourself, as you receive Christ, you're called to live in that. How did we receive Christ when we received Christ? We received Christ when we were broken, we came to Christ and we recognized that we could never be good enough to get to heaven. We came with all of our faults. We came with all of our sin. We came with all of our desperation. We came with all of the stuff in our life that separated us from God, and we came to the foot of the cross, and God came into our life, and he sent his son. And when his son died on the cross, he took our sin upon himself so that we might be the righteousness of God. And so how did we receive Christ? We received Christ by grace, and grace is God giving us what we need, when we need it, even though we don't deserve it. It's God making us the child of God not by our works, lest any man should boast, but by the grace of God, God giving us favor, God meeting us where we were, even in our sinfulness and dying for us and loving us so that we might have eternal life, so that we might become righteous. We did it by grace and through faith. We received God through grace and faith. It wasn't Jesus plus something else. It wasn't Jesus and read your Bible every day. It wasn't Jesus and pray every day. It wasn't Jesus and walk old ladies across the street every day. It wasn't Jesus and come to church every day. It wasn't Jesus and do this and do that and do. It was Jesus and Jesus and Jesus and Jesus and Jesus and Jesus alone. He is the basis of our salvation. He is the foundation of our salvation. He is the one who started the work in us, and he is the one who will finish the work in us. Come on, somebody help me out today. In essence, Jesus is enough. So Paul tells us, don't don't let anyone take you captive to hollows, deceptive philosophies and traditions and the elementary spiritual forces of this world rather find your whole identity in jesus alone you see the book of colossians was written by paul because paul was actually having to come against a a false doctrine he had to come against uh groups of people that were infiltrating in the church And there were two kinds of people that infiltrated the Colossians church. One, they were the Gnostics. And the Gnostics believed that Jesus actually did not come in the flesh. That's why Paul goes to to great lengths to talk about Jesus coming in the flesh and that Jesus was God, fully God in the flesh. And so they came and they said, no, 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 Jesus actually did not come in the flesh. He came only in the spirit, and on the day that he was crucified, he actually, his spirit left him, and he was not really, really crucified in in the body. And that was an incredible heresy. Why? Because that heresy was saying Jesus did not have to become a man to die for our sin. And so Paul the apostle has to rebuke that and refute that. Why? Because it was only because Jesus came as a man. He was fully God. And yet the Bible says in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh. The reason why we have such a great salvation, the reason why we have such a great Jesus is because he became man like us. He never lost his deity, but he took on manhood. And the Bible says there's a mediator between God and man it is the man Jesus Christ and Jesus became a man and yet he conquered sin never allowed sin to take control of his life and so when he died on the cross he died as God God the son and man mankind dying on the cross for our sin so that he might meet all the requirements of the law so that we might be fully saved and sanctified and redeemed by the blood of Jesus come on somebody that's so important the second thing the Gnostics believed and taught is that there was this higher revelation. There was this higher knowledge that, that we had to attain to, that, that it was Jesus. Oh, it's good that you received Jesus, but now you got to go deeper. you got to go deeper in this knowledge, this mystical knowledge. And, and it was just a few people that had received this mystical knowledge. And so they, in, in turn, they said three things. They said, one, is Jesus is not enough, so therefore you have to have higher knowledge Two, they said Jesus never came in the flesh, and therefore you can do whatever you want in the flesh because the truth of the matter is that's all going to burn away and die anyway, and so you can sin, you can do whatever you want. So taking away the power of Jesus dying on the cross for our sin that separated us from God, but they also taught That not only did Jesus not die as a human being and that there's this mystical knowledge that you have to enter into to to really find eternal life because Jesus is not enough. But then they talked about traditions and that's where the Judaizers came in. And the Judaizers, they said, hey, it's great that you receive Jesus as your savior, but you still need to be circumcised physically circumcised and you still need to follow the law and you still need to worship God on a certain day and you still need to do this, this and this and this or you're really not saved and friend I want you to know there's Judaizers in the church, they come in the church and they tell you that Jesus is not enough that you've got to live a certain way that you've got to act a certain way and if you don't measure up to their standards for you then you're really not a Christian and man some of us we buy into that lie because we were raised in legalistic churches and we were raised in churches that tell us that you got to do this and you got to do this and you got to do this in order for God to love you and God's really angry at you and friend I want you to know God's not winking at sin sin still will kill you but you can never be saved and you can never be changed and you can never be redeemed and you can never be accepted by God because you did something you didn't do anything but earn one thing and that's the love of God that came through Jesus Christ and by his grace and grace alone come on somebody help me out. And Paul says, as you have received Christ, live in that. Be rooted in that. Be established in the fact that it's Jesus and Jesus alone. And you can't do anything. He said, don't let anyone judge you. Don't let anyone pass judgment on you. Don't let anyone tell you that you're not good enough for God. Don't let anyone judge you and tell you that you're not complete, that you need to do something else. Don't let anyone tell you that you have to follow rules and and, and follow penance and and worship on certain days and offer certain kinds of sacrifices. And and there's a a deeper worship. And they began to worship angels. and, and, And Paul says, no, 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 no. The only one you worship is Jesus and Jesus alone. See, because I'm afraid that the church is bought into all of that. I'm just going to be honest with you. I know somebody's going to get offended, but I came out of Catholicism. My grandparents were Catholic, and Catholicism tells you, yeah, Jesus died for your sins, but you still have to do penance to be forgiven. And they give you a a set of laws, and they take away the very power of the cross. But not only Catholic churches, but legalistic churches tell you the same thing. Well, you know, it's, it's Jesus who died on the cross for your sins, but plus that, you got to do this, this, and this. But then there are other churches that are looking for a mystical worship experience, a mystical worship experience. I've been in some of those churches where Jesus, his, he's not enough. we gotta, we got to find an experience, a, another experience. It's got to be a deeper experience. I've been to those churches. You know that if you don't fall down, if you don't roll down the aisle, if you don't shake like this, then God didn't really touch you. You know what I'm talking about. Now, listen, I I think there's the genuine. Come on, I've been in the genuine. I'll never forget when I was 19 years old. Yeah, I, I was so on fire for God. I told the pastor, I said, Pastor, do me a favor, lock me in the church all night long. I want to pray all night long. So me and a couple of, of our, 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 our my young friends, we, we were right over there praying all night long. I'll never forget that. I was 19 years old. That was 10 years ago. It was powerful. <laughs> and, and, and I'll never forget, I'll never forget being right here. I was right here. Man, and we prayed all night long. And there, there is just something about praying all night long. There is. There's something about getting a hold of God. There's there's something about waiting on God. You know, just pushing aside all the distractions and getting into the word and, and being like, Jacob, God, I'll not let you go until you bless me, until you meet me, Lord God. I'll not let you go, God, until you do something powerful in my life. And I'll never forget that morning. It was a powerful morning. The Holy Spirit had just touched me and baptized me in the power of his spirit. I know there's the genuine. I know there's the real. Man, it was so powerful that I couldn't stand to my feet. I fell down and I worshiped the Lord Jesus Christ. But unfortunately, too many Christians, we're looking for an experience. We're looking for an experience instead of looking for Jesus. Friend, when you find Jesus, you've got everything that you need. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Run after Jesus! Paul the apostle said, I want to know Jesus. He didn't say, I want to know an experience. He didn't say, I want to shake. I want to roll down the aisle. He said, I just want to know Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to know Jesus' power. I want to know his resurrection. I want to even know his suffering, but I want to know Jesus. Friend, when you get a hold of Jesus, when you know who Jesus is, when you walk with Jesus, when you talk with Jesus, when you walk in the valley with Jesus, when you walk up the mountains with Jesus, you've got everything you need because you've got the glory. You've got the Lord of glory. Hallelujah. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the Beginning and the end, he's a lily of the valley. Hallelujah! He's the God almighty. When you got Jesus, you've got everything. Hallelujah. Come on somebody. Oh, don't get me preaching now. Hmm. Oh, but it's not Jesus plus. It's not Jesus and. It's just Jesus. J-E-S-U-S, Jesus. Come on, say that name. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. And Paul tells these people in Colossae, when you got Jesus, you got everything. He said, all these other things, he said, were just a shadow. He said, therefore, do not let anyone judge you about what you eat or drink. And you want to eat pasta fuzzle, go for it, baby. You want to eat goat, uh, curry goat, man, eat it, man. You want to have bacon, do it, baby, with chocolate on it. He said, don't let anyone judge you about what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival or a new moon celebration or even a Sabbath day. He said, because Jesus is the Sabbath. He is the fulfillment of the Sabbath. He said, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden and burdened, I will give you rest. Jesus is your rest. It's not just one day a week that you set aside. It's every day that Jesus is in your life. He's your rest. He's your Sabbath. Hallelujah. He said, you've been trying so hard to find righteousness. I am your rest from that. Hallelujah. You've been trying to be religious on your own, but you are tired and weary. He said, but if you come to me, I will give you living water. I'll give you rest for your soul. I'll give you rest for your spirit. I'll make you complete on the inside. Glory to God. Jesus and Jesus alone. He said, these things are all shadows of the things to come, but the reality is found Only in Jesus. Oh, the lamb that was sacrificed was a shadow. The manna from heaven was a shadow. Hallelujah. The law was a shadow. Everything that we find pre-Jesus was a shadow to Jesus. The Sabbath was a shadow. And it led us all to Jesus who was God, completely God, altogether God, absolutely God. He said... Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. And they're puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind, but they have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews grows as God causes it to grow. Friend, when you lose connection to the head, you begin to want and desire something else. And maybe you're here today and you've lost your first love for Jesus. Remember when you loved Jesus more than anything else? Take the world, give me Jesus. Remember when you loved Jesus more than anything else? Jesus was the absolute center of your life. You knew that you had Jesus, you had everything. Maybe you've lost your first love today. You see, when you lose your first love, you you lose connection with the head. Jesus said, I'm the vine and you're the branches. You can't do anything unless you abide in me. And if you abide in me, then you will bear, you'll bear much fruit. You'll be complete when you're in Christ. But when you lose connection with the head, it's like, I need something else. Jesus is not enough. Friend, if they took the air conditioning system out of the church and gave you wood pews, took away this beautiful worship singing, took away the sound system, would Jesus still be enough for you? If they threw you in prison, would Jesus still be enough for you? See, when Jesus becomes enough for you, then there's nothing in the world that can ever defeat you or take away your peace or your joy or your sense of purpose because Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you, hallelujah. Jesus will love you and take you into eternity no matter what happens in your life, Jesus is enough. Verse 23, such regulations indeed have an appearance of religiosity, wisdom, with its self-imposed worship, their false humility and their harsh treatment of the body but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgences. These things can't change us. These things can't save us. These things can't help us to live for Christ. But only Jesus can save us. Only Jesus can resurrect us. Only Jesus can restore us. Only Jesus can renew us. Only Jesus can transform us. Only Jesus can save us from the power of sin. Only Jesus can deliver us from addictions. And only Jesus can make us holy. Glory to God. Why? because in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. For this reason, Paul says, since the day that we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. But Pastor Steve continues to ask God to fill you, those at Bethlehem, with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you May live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. Given joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son he loves in whom you have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. The son, the son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creations for in him all things were created. The sun is the image of the invisible God, for in him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authority, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold Together, he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything, he may have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed. On the cross for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead and you are complete in him. If you are in Christ, my friend. Then you are complete in him. We're complete. I know when you look in the mirror, you feel incomplete at times. I know you feel unqualified, unworthy, undone. I know there are times when you feel like there's a lack in your life. There's a lack in the walk that you have with God. I know there are times when you feel deficient as a child of God. But listen to me. The maker of all human beings has recalled all units that were manufactured regardless of the making year. Due to the serious defect in the primary central component, the heart. This is due to a malfunction in the original prototype units resulting in the reproduction of the same defect in all subsequent units. This defect has been technically termed as an internal non-morality or more commonly known as sin and its primary symptom is a lapse of moral judgment. If one is susceptible to loss of direction, foul vocal emissions, a lack of peace and joy, or selfish behavior, then one is inflicted with this defect. The manufacturer, who is neither liable nor at fault for this defect, is providing factory-authorized repair and service free of charge to correct this sin defect, and it's found only at the foot of the cross. So what does it mean to be complete in Christ? Well, I want to tell you, Paul tells us the reason why we are complete in Christ is because Christ did several things. So I, I, need, I, I need a volunteer. Somebody want to volunteer? Come on up here, Craig. And I need another volunteer. Come on up here, Connor. <clears throat> now, these boys are my friends from Texas. I'm going to do some lassoing today. You know, I actually, I actually went to Texas because of Craig. Craig brought his superintendent to the church uh, last year. And while his superintendent, he oversees three other churches, was here, God spoke to the superintendent and said, ask Pastor Steve to come and preach. And so that's where I was for the last couple of weeks. And wow, we had such a wonderful time. God moved in a wonderful way. But one of the most exciting things is God has sent these young men and several other couples here from Texas and they are Yankee fans. Come on, give it up. Yes, sir. And uh, that's why I'm going to tie him up in a minute. Uh, but, uh, but thank God for these young men. They're going to share, you know, in, in another service about what God is doing on the campuses. And we're so excited about having them with us. But, but I want to show you what Christ did visually. In fact, I got so excited about this, this, uh, this um, uh, illustration that uh, in the first service, I ran the Home Depot while they were praising the Lord to get my rope, because I couldn't help myself. And so, so here's, here's what happens to us uh, when we are not in Christ and when we are in, in sin, okay? So I, wanna, I want you to sh- see what what Christ has done. Now, sin, the Bible says, has power over our life. Come on, boy. Come on, boy. <laughs> sin has power in our life. And when we are not believers and we're not born again by the power of God and not set free from the law of sin and death, sin will drag us wherever it wants to drag us. It will take us to places we don't want to go, and it will keep us longer than we want to say, stay. And you know what? We are gripped in the power of sin. Now, I want to show you something that's powerful. Now, Khan, I want you to stand right here, all right? I want you to hold this rope right here and make sure sin does not get away, all right? All right, and see, now in the Old Testament, I want you to know that there was this practice, there was this thing called circumcision.
1: <gasps> ah, I love it.
0: I'm telling you, God stepped off his throne and looked at... He called his angels and said, that boy's crazy. <laughs> there was called the practice of circumcision. Come on over here so everybody can see it. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> and, and, and I want you to know that in the Old Testament, circumcision served for two purposes. One, it was a sign and a covenant with the people of Israel, that they were cut away from all of the rest of the ungodliness of this world to be a chosen people, holy unto God. The second thing is was it was a sign of being pure. It was a sign that God loved them and accepted them. Now, in the, But the problem with physical circumcision is it could never change the heart because the heart was still sinful. And as a result of that, circumcision just served as an outward sign, but there was no power. But the Bible tells us that when Jesus died on the cross, what he actually did is he cut away, he cut away the power of sin in our life so that we're not dragged around anymore. We're set free by the power of Jesus and that's circumcision of the heart. Come on, somebody say amen. Thank you, guys. Praise the Lord. That circumcision of the heart. That now, listen to me, now sin has no longer power to drag you all over the place, to make you bound by it any longer because you have been set free from sin. Now listen to me. Not only did Jesus set us free from the power of sin, here's where it becomes powerful, that the Bible also tells us that we have now been united with Christ. That we have become one with Jesus. Now, how many know that Jesus is complete? How many know that Jesus is perfect? How many know that Jesus is full? How many know that Jesus is perfect, complete, and full in all ways? Come on, somebody. How many know when God looks at Jesus, he sees completeness? When God looks at Jesus, he sees full. When God looks at Jesus, he sees holiness. When God looks at Jesus, he sees absolute perfection. And the Bible says that when Jesus died on the cross, he disarmed the powers and principalities of wickedness. He disarmed the power of sin in our life. And then he joined us together with him. Come on. He joined us together with him. Listen to me. And he carried us into baptism, into the baptism of his death and then he brought us out to life so that we might be new people in Christ Jesus resurrected into new life come on somebody say amen glory to God so that we are united with Christ in his death And we are united with Christ in His resurrecting power. We are united with Christ every single day of our life. We are in Christ, and as long as we are in Christ, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. So, because we are in Christ, we are completely forgiven. Because we are in Christ, we are completely equipped. Because we are in Christ, we are completely renewed. Because we are in Christ, we are completely different people. Because we are In Christ Jesus, we're ready for Jesus when he comes back. Because we're in Christ Jesus, we're clothed with his righteousness. Because we're in Christ Jesus, when God looks at us, he sees perfection. He sees holiness. He sees fullness. Hallelujah. So that we are complete in him. Hallelujah. So the question still remains, when you look in the mirror, what do you see? When I look in the mirror, I see a good looking man. <sighs> when I look in the mirror, I see completion. I see being complete in Christ. I want to pray for you right now. Would you bow your heads? Because you see. truth is, every one of us, we struggle with feeling complete because people tell us we're just not complete. People tell us we're just not good enough. The enemy comes and drags up our past. And reminds us of the things that we struggled with in our life. But the truth is. Because of what Christ has done in us. We now can stand. As more than conquerors. Knowing and believing that we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. All things have been passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And Because we are complete in Christ, Ephesians tells us we're blessed by God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ with every spiritual blessing in heaven. And because we are complete in Christ, we completely belong to Christ. We're not our own. We're bought with a price. We belong to God. And the next time the devil tells you that he's going to take you out, tell him, devil, you can't take me out because I don't belong to myself. I belong to Jesus. And as long as I belong to Jesus, devil, you can't touch me. the Bible tells us we're completely sealed with the Holy Spirit Ephesians 1 says in whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation in whom you also believe you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise until the day of redemption Christian you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit hallelujah he sealed you until the day of redemption and he will finish the work that he started in you and the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2 we we completely sit with Christ in heavenly places Ephesians 2 6 says and he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places with Christ do you understand the authority that you have now you're sitting with Christ with his authority and we've been completely given new lives For we are his workmanship created in Christ unto good works, which God has ordained for us to do. And the Bible tells us we've been brought completely near to God. Ephesians 2 says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who are sometimes far off are made near by the blood of Jesus. I know some of you, you have such a struggle with coming into the presence of almighty God. You feel like you're unworthy, you're unqualified, you're undone, you're undignified. But I want you to know that there's a certain dignity that comes through knowing that Christ has given you eternal life and you are heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And friend, because of that you're completely ready for when Jesus appears. The Bible says, so then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on those things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ. You're hidden with Christ. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. Because you're completely in Christ then you will rise again completely with a new resurrected body. 1 Corinthians 15 says, Now I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen to me. I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will be changed in an instant, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet of God will sound, and the dead in Christ will rise imperishable, and we will be changed. So if you're a child of God, the next time you look in the mirror, you choose what you see. I choose to see somebody in Christ. But you say, Pastor, I feel like I've got such a long way to go. Yeah. God is sanctifying us progressively as well as positionally. But right now, positionally, we're complete in Christ. We're completely forgiven of our sins. We're completely justified as if we've never sinned, loved by our Father in heaven, protected from the devil's lies, ready for every good work, clothed in the righteousness of God in Christ, chosen to be a royal priest a holy nation, completely different people in Christ, sealed with the Holy Spirit, strengthened with the might of His grace, satisfied in Him, and ready for heaven. It's time. It's time, friend to stop letting the devil tell you how you should feel. It's time to stop making people and their opinions define what you do and how you think about yourself. It's time to believe what God says about you. It's time to believe how God feels about you. It's time to believe that in Jesus, you have everything that you need. Pastor Henry, come. And I want you first to ask if there's anybody in this room that is not in Christ, because listen to me, look at me, every one of you, the the question though is this, you're only complete when you're in Christ. So the question is, are you really in Christ? Bow your heads. Pastor Henry is going to pray for you right now.
1: so if you never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior your journey begins at the foot of the cross you would say pastor after hearing the word this morning I want to accept Christ as Lord and Savior and if that's you I want you to slip your hand up so we can recognize that you want to lead us you want prayer this morning and you want to accept Christ is there anyone here on the main floor in the balcony if you're down in the cafe there are people down there that will help you so that tells us that everyone here knows Christ as Lord and Savior so the question we have to ask this question is this if you were to look into the mirror do you see what God sees in you or do you see something different do you still see yourself defeated unworthy, that you've done so many things that you would say, God, surely you could not have forgiven me for that. This is your opportunity to get this off your back. This is your opportunity for once and for all to come and look in the mirror and, and see who you are.